Hello everybody, welcome to the Let's Talk Football podcast, the fourth episode. I am CJ Pollins, along with my brother Brandon. Uh, here on the Let's Talk Football podcast, we talk about everything NFL currently. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So the first thing we're going to do is talk about the games from the previous week in the divisional playoff round. Uh, the first game we have here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Los Angeles Rams. This game um, was predicted to be a pretty close and competitive game. The start of it at first, we that is not what we saw at all. 21 to nothing. The Rams started out with the lead over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The game went on and on. And then about in the late third quarter and all through the fourth quarter, Tom Brady and the Bucks offense really started to turn it up a little bit. They came all the way back and tied it up 27 apiece. And then the Rams did get fortunate enough to get the ball last and kick a field goal to win the game, ending the game 30 to 27. So, Brandon, this was, you know, a crazy game. Um they the Buccaneers, I can't believe almost came back and won this thing. I just don't guess you can count out Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, can you? <laughs> <laughs> CJ, that's true. And what a game this was. Um, from the very beginning, the Rams came out hot. Matthew Stafford had a really good game of 366 yards and two touchdowns. They did not have much success running the ball. Cam Akers carried it a whopping 24 times, but only had 48 yards. So they had nowhere to go on the ground. But we know that that's not their strong suit. What's their strong suit? Matthew Stafford throwing to Cooper Cup. And boy, did he. Cooper Cup had nine catches for 183 yards and a touchdown. And on the other side, the Buccaneers, whose offense took forever to get going. But once they did, CJ, you just said it, they got going quick. And almost all of their touchdowns were scored in the second half. Tom Brady ended up throwing 54 times and for 329 yards, one touchdown, one pick. They didn't have much success on the ground either as far as yardage goes, but Leonard Fournette did get in the end zone twice. And, of course, Mike Evans led the receiving core for them as well. But, CJ, the, Buc- the Rams offense started out very strong and kind of fell off in the fourth quarter like the t- – we know the tide kind of switched to the Buccaneers' favor. Um, but there's a stat that I want to bring out. And they lost four fumbles, the Rams. Mm-hmm. They almost gave this game away. They weren't great on third down. They were 4 of 11. They had 70 plays of offense, which is a lot. They had 34 minutes of possession, which is good but they had four fumbles, and they almost gave Tom Brady this game. And kudos to the Buccaneers and just trying to stick with it. They fell short in the end. They made a heck of a game out of it. Um, I am in no way surprised that Tom Brady almost led them back, but I am thankful that the Rams are moving on because they are a fun team to watch. They just got to get their turnovers under control. Yes, definitely. And Tom Brady, you know, he's always been like that, leading an offense late. It's just, I believe that if they were able to play like that the entire game, they would have won easily. Because they started out with, you know, running the ball with Leonard Fournette, and he wasn't doing 
that great. As you said, he did get two touchdowns, but that was more shorter runs. Like you said, Tom Brady threw 54 passes, and he completed 30 of those passes. They relied way too much on their throwing scheme. They could, they uh, wish they could have relied more on their uh, run, but sadly they could not. And here's another stat I want to point out. On third down, the Rams went 4 for 11, and the Buccaneers went 3 for 14. And that, on both sides, I believe is just unacceptable, you know. And looking at the score, you would think that it was a close game the whole way through. But considering that the Rams had a 21 to nothing lead and should have blown them out of the water, and then seeing a 30 to 27 score is just crazy. Those four fumbles really did cost the Rams a lot. They got lucky to be able to come out winners of this game. Right, CJ, and we talked all all along. Can the Rams' defense, as good as they are, hold up and stop the Buccaneers? And they did it for three quarters, or for two and a half quarters, but then Tom Brady figured something out, and the Rams' defense almost gave it away. Yes, it, um, kind of a, maybe a lesson to be learned, never to take your foot off the pedal in those games, no matter how much you are leading by, especially against Tom Brady right. in crunch time. I agree. Yes. Okay, so the Rams won that one. Moving on to the next game, we have the Tennessee Titans versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this game, kind of a sloppy game for both sides. You know, it's not like either side played amazing. Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, the Titans quarterback, had three interceptions and one touchdown. That's not going to get it done. Uh, Derrick Henry, his first game back in... A really long time. He had 20 carries and 62 yards. And, you know, he also had one touchdown. That's not the Derrick Henry we're used to seeing. But you have to remember, he did just come off a broken ankle. He's still recovering. I think next year we should be able to see him at full power again. It's just maybe they didn't... Maybe they counted on him too much and were expecting too much of him. But let's talk about... Evan McPearson, this kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals, went 4-for-4, four four, including one of those being a 54-yard field goal, and one of those to win the game with four seconds left. This kid, you know, without, them, without him, I don't believe they would have won if their kicker, did, whoever their other kicker would be, you know, doing that great, but... And something else I want to point out is Joe Burrow went 28 for 37 with zero touchdowns and an interception. And I thought, you know, looking at that stat, you'd think there's no way his team could win. But they did, 19 to 16. Brandon, what do you have to say? Yeah, CJ, I mean, what a game. And it did not end how I think a lot of us expected it to. But I'll just go ahead and say I'll agree with you. The Bengals... One, the Bengals beat the Titans in every aspect of the game, other than the rushing, uh, other than the rushing game. First downs, the Bengals had 17, Titans had 16. Third down efficiency, I want you to listen to this. Bengals seven for 15, so a little less than 50% of the time. The Tennessee Titans one for eight on third down. That is awful, and that is not going to win you a football game. The Titans. No, it's, it's- Sorry. No, you're good. The Titans, they just 
Derrick Henry, they did the right thing. They gave him the ball 20 times. He did not have a lot of rushing yards, only 62 rushing yards on the day. Dante, For- Dante Foreman, who had four carries, had more rushing yards than Derrick Henry did. And so that was kind of surprising to see. A.J. Brown had one heck of a game, five catches for 142 yards. But we cannot skip over Ryan Tannehill. What an awful game he had. A terrible performance. And we've spoken about Ryan Tannehill before. And what always gets brought up is he sometimes he looks like a wonderful quarterback. He makes these throws that you don't expect him to make. And he puts the ball right on the money right where he needs to. And one of the touchdown passes, mm-hmm. his only touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, he put it to a spot. A.J. Brown was the only person that could catch it. It was a beautiful throw. And we're like, okay, Ryan Tannehill may have something going. But then, just three minutes later, he throws a interception right to a Cincinnati Bengals player. And it's just he's up and down. He's wish-washy. He's a quarterback who I do not think – can take a team all the way, and he definitely showed it this past weekend. Um, Hats off to the Bengals. Hats off to Joe Burrow. 350 yards in the air. The Cincinnati Bengals did a good job just playing hard-nosed football. And Evan McPherson, you brought it up. What a game he had. Hats off to that kid. He just, every time he was brought in, he stood up to the test. And I listened to a little uh, sound bit of his right before that last field goal. And he took a swinging kick as like a practice round before the uh, commercial break had ended. And he looks at his punter and he says, well, Kevin looks like we're headed to the AFC championship. (laughs) Because he knew he was going to make it. He knew he was having that good of a day. And Evan McPherson sure did wonders for the Bengals on Saturday. And I'm excited to see the Bengals next weekend. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, back to Tannehill, you know, not a good performance, poor performance. And as a Titans fan, I, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like I have to say it. He's not going to get it done taking your team far. Now, yes, they were number one seed in the AFC, barely. But more than that, it's just... I don't think he's good enough, and I think the Titans in the future will have to be looking at different quarterback options. Another stat I want to point out is the Titans had nine sacks that game. That is crazy. That is a lot of sacks. That D-line was going right through that offensive line. And uh, even Joe Burrow after the game was complimenting the Titans' defensive line and everything. So they definitely did their part, but that offense was a little slow. You know, with Ryan Tannehill and uh, and see, they only lost this game by three points. That uh, field goal by Evan McPherson there at the end was what separated this this game, and it just yeah, it's just a tough loss for the Titans. Yeah, CJ, I agree. Yeah. It's just I feel like t- Ryan Tannehill threw this game away, literally threw it right to the Bengals three times. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I like that terminology used there. Okay, so the Bengals won that one, 19-16. The next game we have are the Green Bay Packers versus the San Francisco 49ers. This game, at the end, had me jumping for joy. The 49ers, you know, 
kind of like I said in the Titans Bengals game. This was a sloppy game from both sides, with the 49ers winning this 13 to 10, just by a field goal, same as the last game. This, you know, and I want to point out an interesting stat here. The Packers versus 49ers game, the Titans versus Bengals game, and the Buccaneers versus Rams game all were ended by a game-winning field goal while they were tied with four seconds left exactly. <laughs> that almost led, to, led me to believe that this was scripted, but, you know, it just, that, that I just found really crazy. But back to this Packers 49ers game. Um, the 49ers only touchdown was a pump block for and returning it for a touchdown. Other than that, they had two field goals. So their offense really did not get the job done. Um, it was poor performance from them. Aaron Rodgers had, let's see, zero tu- uh, zero touchdowns and interception. Not, not going to get it done. A.J. Dillon, uh, he had the touchdown rush for them. They ended up getting that touchdown and one more field goal. Like I said, Brandon, it's just a sloppy game from both sides. They definitely, neither of them did, you know, great. The Pat, uh, sorry, the 49ers, I believe, just got a little bit more lucky. Yeah, CJ, like you said, this was just a bad game from everyone involved um, offensive-wise. Jimmy Garoppolo, he only threw it 19 times, only for 131 yards. Eli Mitchell and Debo Samuel, they split the rushing job. Neither one of them had a very good game. George Kittle just seemed like he couldn't get going. And on the Packers' offensive side, Aaron Rodgers, 225 yards. That's a mediocre day for him. Aaron Jones, he was the only shining light, from my opinion. He had 130 yards receiving out of the backfield. Um, they did at least have an offensive touchdown from A.J. Dillon, like you said. The 49ers didn't even have that. Um, and if we look at the team stats here, it's just, I mean – First downs, Packers had 14, 49ers had 12. That's not very good on either side. Uh, total plays, 49ers 52, Packers 54. And that's just very slow-moving offenses. Both had five penalties. Both had one turnover. The time of possession was separated by a little over a minute. And for everything to be that equal, it just it was lackluster. And kind of disappointing, to be honest. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not put up the game that we expected him to. All I can say to that, CJ, is hats off to both defenses. I mean, the 49ers had five sacks. The Packers had four on defense each. Um, Both defenses had one takeaway. So while I'm dogging the offenses, I've got to give praise to the defense because both defenses because they did hold up their end of the bargain. Um, The 49ers defense only gave up two scores. The Packers' defense only gave up two scores as well, two field goals. Um, So when it just comes down to it, it was – I know it was a wintry, snowy game, um, but I was just kind of disappointed to see the Packers go out. I thought they had a chance to make it really far. I think this is the end of the road for the the 49ers. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I just don't think they're going to be able to handle up next week. Um, But, yeah, hats off to the defenses. They got it done. Yeah, uh, that 49ers defense has been good for so many years now, especially stopping the run. Um, And that'll be, like you said, interesting matchup next week. Rams versus 49ers, too. 
really good defenses going at it. It'll be a defensive-based game more than likely. So, yeah, 49ers take that one, 13-10. And the last game of this divisional round, easily, I can say, the best game. It was Sunday night. The Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This game was so close the entire game. It was decided in overtime. Um, Josh Allen went 27 for 37 with four touchdowns and zero interceptions. That is just, you know, amazing. Patrick Mahomes had three touchdowns going 33 for 44. Also had zero interceptions. It was the battle of QBs this game. Um, in the last 52 seconds of the game, there were 17 points scored in just the last 52 seconds. I'm not sure. I might have to check into that, but that's probably a record. And um, the QBs, like I said, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes were definitely the stars. They not only threw for, threw for the most yards, they ran for the most yards on both of for both of their teams. They were always dropping out of the pocket. Uh, scrambling really saw a lot of that from Josh Allen uh, as we saw him extend the field but yeah just and then in overtime the they went in tied at 36 the Kansas City Chiefs won the coin flip elected to receive Patrick Mahomes got the ball led that offense right down the field and scored a touchdown and boom there the game's over 42 to 36 and Brandon this game, we're all, you know, saying it just, it was decided by a coin flip with the Bills not even having a chance. What do you think about this? Yeah, CJ, so there's a lot to unpack from this game, right? Um, leading off, I'll just go straight into the facts with the stats. The Chiefs, I know this game went to overtime, and I know the Chiefs won by just six points and a touchdown, but the Chiefs won in every statistical category. In total yards, they had over 130 more total yards. They had over 60 more passing yards, over 70 more rushing yards. They averaged over one yard more per play. They had seven more first downs. They were better on two of the third downs than the Bills were. The total plays, they had 10 more total plays. They only had one penalty, and they had the ball for 10 more minutes than the Bills. Now, saying all of that and saying the Chiefs led everything, what a game by the Josh Allen and Jabril Davis. They mm -hmm. could not be stopped by the Chiefs' defense at all. They didn't have an answer for him. Josh Allen, 27 for 37 for 330 yards and four touchdowns. Now, four touchdowns. Every one of them went to Jabril Davis. He had eight catches for 201 yards and four touchdowns. That's just a heck of a playoff game, a heck of a job by them. Like you said, Josh Allen also led the Bills in rushing yards. This was a game dominated by both of the starting quarterbacks, and it really showed. On the other side, Patrick Mahomes. He threw the ball 33 for 44 with 380 yards and three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. So he had over 400 yards of total offense. Now, he spread the ball around quite a bit. Tyreek Hill had a big game like I figured he would. He was quiet last week. He had... This week he had 11 catches for 150 yards, and he saw the end zone one time. Of course, we know Travis Kelsey was going to make an impact. He had 96 yards and a touchdown. And then 
the rushing was kind of split between Jarek McKinnon and Claude Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and then Miko Hardman was actually the only one to get in the end zone on a rush other than Patrick Mahomes, and he's a wide receiver. But, like you said, this game back and forth, back and forth, crazy ending, insane. We've I've got to touch on this before we get into the overtime discussion, and that is that every single one of these games were won by walk-off. The first three games ended in the last second field goal, and the Chiefs won it in overtime by mm-hmm. a touchdown. So, we can move, we can use this to transition into our next topic, which is overtime rules. I'll let you start that one off, CJ. Yes. So, a topic we have chosen for t- tonight's podcast is a question. Do the overtime rules in the NFL need to change? And I feel like what happened with the end of the Bills and Chiefs game, like I said, Chiefs got the ball, drove right down the field, scored. Bills didn't even get a chance. Leading a lot of people to believe that these rules need to be changed, need to be changed, including myself. And I'm not just saying they need to be changed. I know, or I think I know, what they should be changed to. I say, you do a coin flip at the beginning, you know, elect to receive, kick, whatever. I think they should just play one six-minute long quarter, and at the end, if there's a team winning, then that team wins. If they're still tied, do another quarter. Uh, so I'll get that more. Brandon, what do you think? So, CJ, I just want to understand what you're saying, right? You're saying they should go sort of like basketball. They get another quarter, and they do another jump off or another coin flip, like you said, and the score at the end of the quarter determines our winner. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right, so I do agree with you. Overtime rules in the NFL are bogus, right? Um, coin flip. Decides who gets the ball. First one to score wins. I just don't think it's fair. I don't like it. I'm happy how this one ended up. I'm glad the Chiefs won, but it is not fair to the Bills and the kind of season they've had. I do not understand why at least they have not copied college football and both teams have a chance in overtime. The way college works is you get put on the 25-yard line, your offense, and you have one possession to score. If you score, the defense can either match you to force another overtime, or they can beat your score to win. So if you kick a field goal, and then the other team takes their turn and they score a touchdown, they win. If you both score touchdowns, you go to a second overtime. I'm so sick of the NFL teams not getting a chance to just to succeed in the playoffs, and it's ridiculous. And the same goes for the regular season. The Lions and the Steelers ended in a tie on one of their games. Mm-hmm. It's it's a professional sport. We don't need ties. This isn't soccer. This is NFL football, and I don't think it should end in a tie. And I know they won't end the NFL playoffs in a tie, but it's still following the same rule set, and I don't like it. I agree with you. It needs to be changed. I don't care how they fix it. They, if Like, if, like you said, if they want to add another quarter, play another six minutes, great. If they want to copy college football rules, great too. I don't care. Something just needs to be done. Yes, it's just it's not a healthy rules that just the Bills just did not have a chance. And the Chiefs know how they feel. Four years ago, they lost the game the same way. 
they just the other team took the ball right down the field and scored and kicked them out of the playoffs. So it's not, you know, the problem isn't starting right now. I think the we are just realizing how big of a problem it is now based off how entertaining this game was and how it really could have gone either way. Right, CJ, and th- this is always how it happens, right? No one cares until everyone sees it in a primetime game on Sunday Night Football in the playoffs. And so once it becomes prevalent and is fr- in front of everyone's eye, then they're like, well, whoa, hold on. Why didn't the Bills get a chance? We should change this. So I know people like you and I are saying it always needs to be changed, but maybe that now that everybody gets to see it in a important situation, maybe something could actually be done about it because it's ridiculous. Yeah, and hopefully the uh, NFL will take the word of these fans here because, I mean, I'm watching, you know, videos, interviews, all this stuff, uh, these football talk shows. They're all talking about it, how these rules need to be changed, and they all agree that they need to be changed. So hopefully that'll allow them to wake up a little bit and realize that they need to change them uh, just whichever way they can. And Brandon, this Bills and Chiefs game, is it safe to call it the best game of the year? I think so. I think it's definitely the most entertaining game, not just the playoffs, but I think the whole season. I agree, CJ. I mean... We hope that the Super Bowl ends up being the best game of the year, right? And we can only hope that the Super Bowl game ends up being better than the one we saw on Sunday night because, boy, I agree. It was a good one to watch. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be too, like, if it's possible to beat that because it was (laughs) just, yeah. And and with that, it's so sad how it ended like that because I felt like as soon as halftime started, the Chiefs were in control the whole way, and the Bills just, you know, couldn't do anything. Even though the Bills did come into this game the number one defense in the league, statistically. And during the regular season, the Bills beat the Chiefs. So I'm not sure, you know, what was happening there. Everybody having a bad day. Whatever. But there's nothing to be done after the fact besides complain. And complain isn't going to change anything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the Chiefs won this one, forty-two thirty-six, and uh, these half. Uh, sorry, I keep saying halftime overtime rules. I think we can all agree they need to be changed. I agree, Brandon's- CJ. I agree, CJ. And just to go over it real quick, I I don't know if we talked about it already, but last week there were four games. I ended up going two for two. Um, Two of the games I really did not see coming. I did not see the 49ers beating the Packers. I did not see the Bengals beating the Titans. Um, Kind of surprising on those two fronts. But, yeah, that's about all I've got. Yep, and uh, coming from that, we go into our very last segment called Who You Got. We will make our predictions for next week games um, in the... NFC Championship and AFC Championship. So I want to point out, last week, Brandon, you did go two for two. And you beat me, because I went one for three. Man, did (laughs) I have an awful weekend. (laughs) It's just, you know, I picked the Titans to win over the Bengals. Uh, I picked the Buccaneers over the Rams. That almost happened, but didn't. 
Uh, the only game I got was the 49ers over the Packers, and that still was a game that I expected to them not even win. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into these predictions for next week. So, 49ers versus Rams in the NFC Championship. I'm going to go first. I'm saying the 49ers, they haven't done me wrong yet, and I'm sticking with them. 49ers on top this week. Brandon, what do you say? (laughs) CJ, you vote for the 49ers every week. Every week I tell you you're wrong, um, and every week they keep proving me wrong and keep winning. But I'm still not voting for them. I don't believe in them. I think the only thing they've got going for them is a decent defense, and they're finally going to get meet their match this Sunday against the Rams. I think the Rams are going to blow them away. Matthew Stafford's going to find Cooper Cup again in the end zone for two more touchdowns, maybe 150 yards again, and the Rams' defense is going to demolish the 49ers' offense. I think the score is going to be 35-7, to Rams. Well, Brandon... I hate to disagree with you, <laughs> but I feel like the 49ers, you know, their defense, it's looking really good, and I think they've got some luck going for them right now. Overcoming the Cowboys, a game they were not supposed to win. Overcoming the Packers, a game they were not supposed to win. They're not supposed to win against the Rams. Well, I don't see why they wouldn't win it, too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so moving on... <laughs> To the AFC Championship, we will have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, if you want to go first with this one, you can. I will, CJ. I think I was so I was very, I was very confident with the Rams and the 49ers. I am just as confident in the AFC side. Um, I do not think the Bengals are going to be a match at all for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs' offense is way too high-powered. I think they're going to take off. They're going to score 45 points, and the Bengals are Bengals are just not going to be able to keep up. The Bengals have a good offense, but I just don't think they're going to be able to score as much as the Chiefs can. Chiefs are going to take this game handedly, 42 to 14. Brandon, I've got to agree with you. I just don't think, you know, I think Joe Burrow's too young and inexperienced to beat Patrick Mahomes, someone who is. Very experienced in the playoffs. Has already had a Super Bowl ring in the past, you know, just few years. Him and that chief, those Chiefs have just been something special to watch this season. You know, they had a shaky start at the beginning of the season. But they have just been substantial in this second part of the season. Amazing. And the Bengals, Bengals have done good. But is it enough to stop the Chiefs? Not even close. I'm taking the Chiefs to blow out the Bengals. And I'm saying it's going to be 49ers-Chiefs, a rematch of, let's see, three years ago, the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. So, um, yeah, if you've got anything else to say on that, do you? Nope, that's all I had. Okay, well, that does it for me and Brandon. I hope you enjoyed this fourth episode of Let's Talk Football Podcast. Join us next week as we talk about the AFC and NFC Championship game and make our predictions for the Super Bowl. And uh, thank you all for watching. I will see you next time. Good night.